We had another Nashville Predators loss over the weekend, and let's be face it, probably another Nashville Predators loss tonight, the way things are going. Uh, we'll break down a Preds versus Oilers matchup tonight. Plus, it's Monday, which means we got plus minus for you. That's today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. It's getting, getting harder to talk about stuff. <laughs> it <laughs> is... It, it, it has been a challenging little stretch here for everyone. But yeah, it's kind of hard to keep our Hoctimist hats on some stretch for some stretches here. Just a little yeah. tricky. A little, a little bit tricky. So the Nashville tricky. Predators uh, over the weekend fall into the Colorado Avalanche three to one. And uh, yeah, they're, they have now lost six straight. They're 12, 13, and four back under 500 in terms of points percentage. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just not not good right now and and it's it's hard to watch as a fan you know because it it just you know take that colorado game for instance and you know the takeaway by the end of the game was that's a winnable colorado game yes you know colorado you know they have a lot of people out right now and they didn't Mm -hmm. look particularly great but it's like it, it Nashville goes through the whole game and they've done this for a few games now without looking like any sort of dangerous. No, without looking dangerous at all. And you know, like there's like those games where, you know, Nash, you know, a, a team will, you know, put like five minutes together where they just have all the momentum and stuff like that. You know, even if they're getting killed, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, they look like they're on the brink of scoring. There, there's not even been any of those. Like it's like the goal from the Preds the other night. It's just like, oh, okay. Look at that. Philip Fork- yeah. Uh Philip Forsberg scored. Or no, Matt Duchesne Matt scored. Duchesne scored. Yeah, that, that's that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That came out of nowhere. And then, you know, it'll go right back to looking like you can't build on it whatsoever. And it's just like I mean there's it's, something it's, something's going on. There is Something's going on. And I think we all can pinpoint the the on ice, what's going on. I mean, we can all point to like the power play. If you're not getting any momentum, if you're not getting any goals off of the power play, that's a huge problem. You know, our top guys are not scoring. You know, Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne did have goals this week. But just in general, they are not threatening. Um, you know, so you can go down through the list. You know, we have some defensemen that are out. You can go down the list. Here are the on ice issues. But the thing that is most concerning to me right now is the way that the Nashville Predators appear to be kind of handling and processing and emotionally and mentally dealing with 
the on ice issues because they come out and you think this is the time like here is the time to find those find those five minute pushes like you're talking about this is the time where you say you know what we're facing some adversity here let's find a way to generate something even if it doesn't result in a win let's generate something and i just feel like we're not seeing instead of seeing an urgency instead of seeing kind of that push it almost seems like this team is just confused confused giving up frustrated yeah, yeah. uninterested like whatever adjective you want to use it's 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 evident that it's just there there's something not there and that's the thing and like you know we talked about well you know maybe the predators were you know that was going to be a pipe dream for some of the players to have the same offensive seasons they had right and that's fine but the level of play could have still been there like you yes. could have still like done everything you needed to on the eye test or everything you needed to do in terms of like creating plays and still had like you know kind of your average normal season but what we're seeing is like they like if you're at least going by the eye test at least they yes. just they don't even look like they're the same team from last year yeah like it's I like the, qual the quality of play isn't there and i think that's the concerning thing is look we could have predicted a statistical drop off I did not plan for this drop in, you know, style of play. Mm -hmm. I did not prepare for this drastic of a drop in like energy. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's concerning because, you know, we talked about it before how this kind of had like an eerie vibe similar to back when uh, Peter Laviolette was gone. Yes. And this would be like the second time that this core has kind of just, you know, gone completely flat in really what seems like to me the span of, you know, a one, you know, it started with like a one bad week. Yes. It started yes. with two bad losses and then it just spiraled from there. And yeah. I, I don't know if it's, you know, just a slump i don't know if it's just you know something but there there's it's it's drastic how just bad the the lack of energy during some of these games are yeah to misquote ryan johansson we're not vibing yeah. this team is not vibing and i agree with you on the eye test because these last couple of games when you just straight eye test when you're watching these games and admittedly, the eye test can miss some things. But just my overall impression are I can name for you just a handful of players that I see 100% pursuing the puck, 100% pursuing the game. You know, I think Cody Glass has been doing that. I think Yakov Trenin has been doing that. Hasn't resulted in much for Yakov Trenin. And I know everybody's going to go, you know, bat poo crazy. But Cole Smith does that. Yeah. There's a few people. There's a few people, but their 100% almost magnifies 
than not 100% of some of the other players, like you said. And what has changed so much? It's like, don't look at results. Look at effort. Look at um, execution. Look at just almost passion or something for the game. I don't even know what that nebulous thing is. I just, you know, it's like the Supreme Court justice who said, you know, I can't define pornography, but I know it when I see it. It's kind of this same vibe. We, it's like we need some pornography for the Nashville Predators. Yeah. And and there is none. There is like it's that thing that we're not seeing is is what's not happening among some of these players. And and I agree with you. This there is a vibe about it that feels very right before Peter Laviolette was let go, almost like this hopelessness, this like we're in this abyss of confusion and we can't find our way out. And I know that tickles a lot of people because, you know, you do have the fire Poyle, fire Heinz group, but I agree with you. I think the biggest question, the biggest problem is what does that say about this core group of players that were here when this happened with Laviolette and that are here with John Heinz? What's that say about them? Because yeah. yes, you know, there there's an element of that that is 100% on the coach, but there is an element of that where you have to take a minute to self-reflect and say, I've had two different coaches with two pretty different coaching styles, I would guess, especially in the locker room. And I still can't figure out how to get my groove back like Stella. Like this core group of players if this continues to trend the way that it is, and if the leadership group or if David Poyle makes some sort of drastic decision again, this core group of players has a lot of self-reflection they need to do because this reflects so poorly on them, so poorly on them. Yeah, and it, it's getting to a point where, you know, if this happens again, like let's say the Predators kind of sleepwalk again through the second half of the season. It's a bad year. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're looking at more than just John Hines and or David Poyle going. Yeah, uh, there's there's going to be some major major changes, major. and it, it's going to be difficult for the organization because I feel like you've missed your window to rebuild mm-hmm. quickly. 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 You know, like that was a few years ago when you had a lot of these big guys with contracts coming up and you would have been able to kind of start fresh. You're at a point now where, you know, you're you're going to see a lot more of the trades where, you know, you you put Matias Ekholm or somebody in the market and then be yeah. like, wait, that that that's it. That's all we got. Yeah, you're going to see a lot yeah. of those. You're not going to have you're not going to get a lot of fire for a rebuild unless the person you're trading is probably the person you would want to build around to keep like UC Soros or Roman Yossi. So there. Yep. There was a uh, question actually on our Twitter page, LO underscore predators. Um and Al Gross asked, would you trade Soros, our best return, and bank on Askarov in a few years? And I thought, mm-hmm. hey, Nashville Predators fans who think a rebuild's going to take, you know, three to five years, yeah. that's, those are the questions. Yeah. Those are the decisions. Yeah. 
that that you're going to be having to make and in the answer and the answer is yeah you're gonna have to part mm -hmm. with people like that yeah what you're also gonna have to prepare for is look like three four years down the road you know phil tomasino luke evangelista um you know yuso parsonen all yeah. when those players are good you're, you're not keeping them. If you're in a rebuild, you are basically grooming them to be traded. Right. Like that's, that's yeah. it. And uh, you know, that's, that's going to be the reality. And that's why the Preds need to kind of figure things out soon because, you know, and look, it's, you know, what David Poyle did this past summer, you know, you're, you basically, he's basically kind of locked in this team. So if you're yes. a fan you might as well cheer and hope that they turn the corner and they can figure things out and they make a postseason run because this might be your last chance for the team to be for a, good for a yeah. very long time. Yeah. Um, but more, more on that in a second, I, I want to talk about tonight's game. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about a potential Predators rebuild. Don't yeah. worry, folks. Uh, but the Preds play the Edmonton Oilers tonight and uh, I feel the in the immense sense of doom creeping in <laughs> yeah. already. So I want to talk about that. Plus it's Monday, which means it's time for plus minus from the past week of Preds hockey. First though, want to mention today's sponsor. Uh, our show is sponsored by athletic greens and their new product. AG one. I use AG one literally every single day. They sent me a free thing in the mail about a year ago. I, you know, drank it just to drink it, was kind of skeptical about it, but it's become a daily part of my routine. Uh, I drink it and I feel energetic throughout the day. Don't get that weird stomach in the afternoon. I don't need to crash for that late afternoon nap. I have energy. I have focus. And it all starts with AG1. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging. I'm out of fingers, but it's pretty much everything that you can need. Uh, like I said, I started taking it every single day, and it costs less than $3 a day. I know some people may be looking at the price and thinking what, but think about it this way. It's cheaper than that daily uh, cold brew habit you have or that daily Starbucks run. And it's cheaper than buying all the different supplements yourself. So you're not taking five vitamins every single morning. And let's be honest, you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. They're recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts. So make AG1 part of your daily routine. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. All it is is one scoop of AG1 in a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for those fancy blenders. No need for putting all those millions of different pills and supplements into your morning routine. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. 
Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Ann. Uh, yeah. Lord deliver us from evil. Let's talk about Preds versus Oilers tonight. Uh, in Bridgestone Arena, six days after the last uh, time these two yeah. teams were at Bridgestone Arena. And what a six days it's been. And what a six days it's been. <laughs> some uh, some weird, weird NHL scheduling this year. Yeah. Uh, that includes two games in three nights versus the Seattle Kraken in two months. But that's a that's a different podcast for another day. Yeah, weird, weird NHL scheduling a bit this year. Um is there is there any reason to be optimistic for this game? And I like I, I hate being so negative. Like I, know, I hate it's not being who so we negative. are. It's not who we are. It's not fun, but it's just like does anything that you saw like at the end of the Colorado game or anything in the first past week give you hope that like tonight's gonna be the night? Here is what I will say about that. Always the eternal optimist. Here's what I will say. There is not much that I saw from the National Predators that gives me a tremendous amount of hope for tonight. The play of UC Soros, perhaps. But other than that, no. Now, here is what I will say. Looking at what Edmonton has gone through in the past six days, maybe if I'm really, really decked out in my optimist head-to-foot gear, I can see a window because while the Nashville Predators have had a rough six days, the Edmonton Oilers have had a little something, something going on of their own. They have lost two games since we last saw them. They lost in a shootout to the St. Louis Blues and they lost. Take a minute, folks. You're going to need a minute to digest this little tidbit. The Edmonton Oilers lost to the Anaheim Ducks on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Four to three to the Anaheim Ducks. So they're a little off their their game um, with the St. Louis game. They were up three to one. They allowed St. Louis to get back in it. St. Louis tied it up with like 20 seconds, <clears throat> 20 seconds left and ended up winning in the shootout. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Dreisaitl each missed their shootout shots, which is amazing because I don't know that they've ever missed a shot in front of Nashville Predators fans. <laughs> Um, And with the Ducks, you know, they just made some dumb mistakes and Anaheim was able to capitalize on it. Edmonton is frustrated. Edmonton's a little off their game. Uh, We saw a couple clips uh, floating around on Twitter of Leon Dreisaitl frustrated and, you know, kind of hitting his stick, leaving the ice and and, and just not in in his happy place. Don't, Don't worry, Leon. I welcome to Nashville where you get your groove back. Yeah. So Edmonton is coming into this game a little frustrated, a little off. Nashville is coming into this game clearly off, hopefully frustrated, but honestly, I think I see more, almost more lack of, they're almost looking defeated. So this is a game where it may come down to which team can dig deep and mentally regroup for this. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that makes me think that Nashville's definitely going to pull this out, but Edmonton is coming in and they're a little off. So maybe, but we would have to see a really great game from the Nashville Predators. And I'm not sure we've seen enough in the last six days to convince me that we're going to get that. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, Edmonton's got defensive problems this year. I mean, we know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I have seen yet one person on the Preds defense that can really keep up with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's a problem for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, like, and it, it feels like we're at the point where it's just going to take like one, one good game. Yes. Like one good game where just everything goes right. Like one, you know, even, even if the Preds lose six to five, at least you can maybe look at those five goals and be like, Hey, look, we mm-hmm. can score. We can build on that. We can build on that. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And like, just, just get something that you can build on because even like the Colorado game, other than the fact that UC Soros saved you from embarrassment yet again, you don't, you, there hasn't been like anything positive. The Preds have really been able to build on. No. So look, if you can maybe open the scoring floodgates, maybe you score a couple power play goals tonight, you get that going. Then, then maybe we can talk about, okay, there, there, there's something going here. There's a mm-hmm. little spark. Let's see yes. how we can nurture it. But I mean, it's just like, like you said, do you have confidence that that's going to be how tonight goes based mm-hmm. on what you've seen from the Predators over the past couple of weeks? That, that's, that's the million dollar question, that's the isn't question. it? It feels like this team is really poorly prepared contestants for naked and afraid. Yeah. Like they're out there. They desperately need, like you said, they desperately need a spark and they are frantically rubbing two sticks together. And so far, not much has happened. I agree with you though, really and truly what it, what they need is just that spark. They need, um, they need to open the scoring. The, the lack of scoring, I think is such a huge concern. A power play goal would bring down the house at Bridgestone. Not getting a goal on a power play is also going to cause a large and loud response in Bridgestone Arena tonight. So, you know, they need a spark. I I think that is the summary of this game tonight. This is a team that needs a spark. The other thing that they absolutely have to do besides score is they have got to stay out of the box against Edmonton. You know, Edmonton lost these two games, but they had four power play goals. They had 11 chances, but they had four power play goals. And let's face it, Nashville should know better after the last game. You cannot go in the box. And they have taken Ryan Johansson, who, you know, I love Ryan Johansson, Uh um, took such a dumb penalty in the Colorado game in the offensive zone, a dumb hooking penalty. You know, Ryan, sweet boy, you know, if you reach your stick out, they're going to either chicken wing the fire out of that, or they're going to, you know, these people are trained in theater. You're going to get caught doing dumb things. So no lazy penalties stay out of this box because Edmonton, they're great on the power play. They're, they're everything we're not. So it's just extra salt in the wound. So it's gotta be a clean game from the predators. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see if that happens for sure. (laughs) It feels like a good transition into plus minus. Uh, You guys know how this works. We give pluses to the things we liked about the the past week in Predators hockey. This was an easy (laughs) list to put together. 
Uh, and there were minuses. We give minuses to the things that we didn't like about the past week in Preds hockey. <laughs> that was another easy list to put together, just a lot more time consuming. For real. Let's let's just get off on the right foot, Anne. Uh, let's right. start with a couple of quick pluses. All right. My plus I already mentioned, but you know, when you're, when you're a little strapped for pluses, you reiterate what you need to. And my first plus of course goes to UC Soros. Now look, I hate, hate, hate. Like I have lost just an ounce of sleep over the fact that that overtime goal versus the Jets kind of leaked through on Soros because what a fantastic game he's had. He is the sole reason Nashville has not been thoroughly embarrassed this past week against the Jets and against the Avs. You know, if you made a drinking game out of hearing Willie Donick say, big save from Soros, we would all still be hungover. Yeah. So UC Soros is doing what we need him to do. He's just not getting any support from other people. So UC Soros, I know things started out a little rocky for you, my friend, but you are keeping the predators from being thoroughly embarrassed. And so high five to our little Finnish friend. Yeah. I'm going to throw in another Finnish friend of that too. And just include Kevin Lincoln in because he has been, yes. he has been uh, on fire as well. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, those, those are the only two reasons that this doesn't look worse. Right. At the same time, those are the two reasons you have optimism that if the Preds can find something like find something scoring, then you can be like, you know what? Maybe. Like there's, they're good enough to lock into another hot streak. Yep. Yeah. No, I would agree with you. And, and I just have to be upfront and say, I apologize to Kevin Lankinen for being so righteously indignant when they signed him because yeah. what a find, yeah. what a find Kevin Lankinen has been for this team. Yeah, for sure. Of course, sure. We, we, we do have to dig into the minuses, Nick. We would be remiss if we didn't, you know, face up to what is real. Before we do that, though, we're just going to take a minute and thank everyone for listening to Locked on Predators and making us your first listen of the day. Now we want you to go check out Locked on Sports today for your second listen. It is the biggest stories from around the sports world. It's 20 minutes of analysis and opinions. Before anyone else can get to these stories, you get insights from local experts and insiders. So check out Locked on Sports today. It is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. More uh, minuses here in a second, Anne, but I want to do want to highlight a quick plus. Okay. We, we'll take all we can get. Yeah. Uh, and that is Cody Glass. Now, Cody Glass. Take it Co home. Come on. Cody Glass is a guy to me. Uh, there's so much talk about, you know, the, the young Predators players being put into the spotlight. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Ellie Tolvanen being put on waivers. I think that opened up a whole can of worms about, uh, you know, mm -hmm. predators maybe being unable to develop young players uh, and how they can use them. Uh, you know, Yuso Parsonen has unfortunately kind of fallen off a cliff since his uh, first early thing, but Cody glass uh, I'm, I'm getting very impressed more and more each game. Uh, by what I see from Cody Glass. And he is really starting to kind of figure things out. And you figure, like, it's eventually that big scoring breakthrough feels like it's going to happen for Glass sooner rather than later. Yes. 
because he seems to be one of the only players really kind of consistently making things happen when he's out there uh, on a daily basis. F- uh, three shots on goal against Colorado that led all Predators forwards and was second on the team only to Roman Yossi. Uh, he also, for the second time in uh, three games, led the Preds in expected uh, yes. individual expected goals at five on five. So you're seeing a guy that's, you know, not only, you know, getting figuring a way to put pucks on net, but putting decent scoring chances together. And he's actually setting up other players for good scoring chances. And, you know, he is slowly but surely starting to get better on faceoffs too. So yes. you're kind of seeing yeah. him in real time figure out what he needs to do to kind of be a top nine center Mm -hmm. to be, you know, that playmaker that the Preds thought that he could develop into, you know, there's still some kinks in his game that you have to work out. But over the last two weeks, you know, when you're looking for anything positive that you can build around, maybe you're identifying some guys that are going to be here uh, and take over a bigger role. If you need to start making some trades, Cody Glass is one of those guys. Yes, absolutely agree. And love to see that for him. Don't know enough about the backstory to be confident of this, but it makes me wonder if the slower start into the season for Cody Glass, you know, we were all very frustrated with the healthy scratching of Cody Glass. But if you're seeing <clears throat> seeing things develop really well for him now, Maybe just he just was on a different trajectory, but I agree with you. I think Cody Glass, so fun to watch. He is one of those players where when he is on the ice, you notice him for the good reasons, for the good reasons. So love what we're seeing from Cody Glass. High quality, like really getting to see his hockey. You know, they talk about that hockey IQ. You're really getting to see how well he plays and reads this game. So amen. Love me some Cody Glass do yeah well we have to be negative a little bit and uh, there's a lot of minuses you can choose from over the past week um give just let give me one what's what's one minus you have i mean let's talk about the elephant herd in the room the Mm -hmm. herd of elephants in the room it's not just one elephant friends bridgestone is packed full of elephants i don't even know maybe it's not a herd I don't know if you call an elephant a herd of elephants, a group of elephants. That's the power play, mm-hmm. y'all. I mean, I don't even, what can you say at this point? They're on a streak 0 for 20. Like when you are already having issues generating offense and then you, the opposing player literally removes a player from the ice for you and you still can't generate offense. Like that is the definition of a minus for Lockdown Predators plus minus. Like you are literally giving the other team a permission to commit penalties because it is of no cost to them. You give one of their players two minutes of rest, just, you know, costs them nothing. They get to just hang out by themselves. They get a little quiet time, you know, (laughs) sitting there catching their breath, you know. And you- Nice little get some snacks from the sin bin. There's apparently great snacks in the sin bin and you don't generate any goals. I I just, it's mathematically like you have an extra guy. 
Like there is more, there's so many things watching the power play. And it's become one of those things where when you watch the power play, you almost put your hands over your eyes and just peek through your fingers because it's just starting to get to the point where it's so painful. Mm -hmm. And I think it's mental. Like, I think so much of this is not even structural anymore. I think it's just mental. This team, like there is some serious man advantage stage that needs to happen in Bridgestone tonight because this crowd will be merciless. I fear. Yeah. Oh, if, so. if 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 the Preds lose big tonight and it's one of those situations where they get like a couple of extended power plays and do nothing with it. Ooh. This this might be the game, man. Like yeah. this might be the game. I'm not advocating for that. I'm not advocating for that cuz I'm all about like nobody shows up at your work and boos you when when you have a bad day. But I also am realistic enough <laughs> to to read the tea leaves it's gonna be a tough night at bridgestone if the predators can't get some momentum yeah Mm. for sure you know i have to give a minus and you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier i I gotta give a minus to ryan johansson and there's a lot a lot of players a lot of players that you could kind of single out as being Mm -hmm. yeah they probably should be better right now uh, but Ryan Johansson, just six points in his last 13 games, and one of those includes a three-point game all the way back in December. And it's just, you're looking through the stat sheet, and it's just like there's there's games where you just look, and it's like, what did he do? Like, you know, there, there's like nothing on the score sheet, like just like stretches where there's not even like shots on goal. I mean, he is like putting a bunch of forgettable performances, except – the last couple of games where he's been memorable for different reasons. And that's penalties. I mean, he had that three penalty performance against St. Louis, um, you know, last weekend Mm -hmm. uh, took that very bad penalty against Colorado. And then he had another kind of questionable uh, penalty against Winnipeg. And it's, you know, this is the guy who's supposed to kind of be one of your champions for, you know, at least good play, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, that was kind of Ryan Johansson's MO was look, he's going to be the guy, his new role with the team. He's not always going to be like the, the prime score we thought he was going to develop into, but he's still like a very good kind of character second line center where, you know, he would yeah. do all the little things, right. Really good on faceoffs, you know, kind of be the good playmaker for some of like the younger depth guys, good pop of depth scoring, good on the power play. And he just hasn't done that this year. And now on top of that, over the past week, where it seems like where he's been mentioned most is taking some of these penalties, Mm -hmm. that's not good. He's supposed to kind of be the guy championing this clean, crisp play. He's supposed to be one of the energy guys that gets the team going. You know, he's got the the orangutan arms where he goes out there and, you know, creates a turnover where he goes and disrupts the forecheck where he gets a stick in the middle of the play and, you know, forces kind of a bad pass or a turnover or forces the other team to kind of make a split second, you know, reaction and, you know, dump the puck in or something like that. And it's just, it's not happening. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there is, there's a lot of players on this team that we can call out. Um, but, you know, when you're making $8 million a year, you're going to, your name's going to be at the top of the list for, for one of the players that, you know, we just get called out. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, John Hines was clearly 
appears frustrated with Johansson's performance because after that three penalty game, he kind of bumped him down a little bit in the lineup. And then against Colorado, if you'll notice, Ryan Johansson did not have much ice time in that first half of the third period after he took that penalty in the offensive zone. Like, and that's the kind of stuff that you're like, it's not that Ryan Johansson's not a good enough player to not do that. He's just not, he's just not playing a clean game. Yeah. Frustrating. Well, we, we can't end on a minus. No. We are optimists at heart, and We are. That's not who uh, we can are. I, can I add one more plus to the mix just for us to Absolutely. end on? It's a trio. Yes. It is a trio. I think you know where I'm going with this. Let's give a shout out to Mr. Jack Mateer, <gasps> Mr. Ryan yes. Ufko. Come on. And, and your namesake, Joachim Kamel. Right. Come on. The three Nashville Predators who will be representing the team at this year's World Junior Championships. Yes. Uh, incredible stories for each of them. Each of them kind of coming in with a little bit you know, of a different backstory, which is what I think makes each of their announcements cool. You know, Jack Mateer, who is absolutely lighting up uh, the yes. OHL this season. Uh, making his run. You have Ryan Ufko, who's, you know, kind of become the under the rated predator, stepping up and being a leader for Team USA. And then you have the Dynamo, the spark plug for Finland, Joachim Kamel. Uh, because as we've seen over the past week, high scoring Finnish wingers always work out well in Nashville. Um, but out loud, man. Out for loud. him, him, he, you know, he is also becoming a dynamic shot. We loved what we saw from him in development camp. He's mm-hmm. going to have a chance to maybe be, you know, the star of the tournament. In yeah. Finland, you know, he is going to have a real chance to kind of be that guy everybody notices who's not named like Shane Wright or Connor Bedard. Yes. So kudos to the three baby Preds for Love having a big week. These. Yes. Yeah. Love these guys. And, you know, gotten to see them at development camp and, and rookie camp and three really great players who you are going to want to mark your calendars and watch them as they play for Team USA, Team Canada and Team Finland, because three great players. So stinking excited for those three baby Preds. So excited yeah. for that. Yeah. And I'm sure we will uh, we'll have some world junior talk coming up in the not so distant future. Yeah. Uh, but we have Preds talk. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's all we got for you right now. Predators play the Edmonton Oilers tonight. It is a 7 o'clock Central puck drop. We'll be back tomorrow with a full game recap. E- either way, it's going to be something to talk about. So um, be yeah. sure you're staying tuned for that. Uh, and sorry, where can people find your work? You can find my work at insidethepreds.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore mama on ice. You can find me at onthefortcheck.com for all things Preds or follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan as long as the site isn't shut down. Uh, also, be sure that wherever you're listening to us, whether you're watching us on YouTube or you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Uh, so you always know when there's fresh content and leave us a rating that always helps us out or give us a thumbs up, whatever, do your thing. That's going to do it for us today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with more Pred Stock. We'll see you then.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.